So what is a big fudge and why do I need it? Oh, that's to clean your records. Do they necessarily get very dirty or? Um, yeah. Uh, they, so, so if you're getting older records, obviously they're going to be used. They're going to be dirty. Okay. Um, the thing that you could encounter with your newer records is that if they come in those paper sleeves, sometimes mm-hmm. like the paper on them, and that's like the most effective way to clean them. Um, I can I can send you like a video of record cleaning, like, and you can kind of see what it looks like and stuff. It's not necessarily something you need right this second, but okay. something you're gonna you're gonna want to invest in, um, and that's a good cleaner. All right, the big fudge. I yeah. see. It's a kit and it gets everything you need. And uh, the the liquid in it will last you a while too. So that's nice. Okay. Right. Well, thanks for the tip. Yeah. So today <laughs> I wanted a croissant. No. Uh, today <laughs> in the mail, I got um, the soundtrack to Bomberman Hero <laughs> on vinyl. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't post that one in the group yet, but... This is a soundtrack that I didn't know that they would ever actually like release on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like it seems like everything has its day in the sun. I I was going to say man, they put out everything now. It's crazy. <laughs> There's the um the Scott Pilgrim complete mm-hmm. uh you know soundtrack from the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like four discs long uh with mm-hmm. all takes and the original Beck recordings and everything on there. And that's crazy expensive. But in addition to that, you have the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack from the game mm-hmm. that was done by Anna Gucci. So that's a lot of Scott Pilgrim music. Yeah. And I think they have a lot of variants for those too, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen them around. Yeah. The one I saw that went on sale today is like an orange clear vinyl or something like that, which I don't know how that plays into the lore of Scott Pilgrim, but hey, it's colored. Yeah. God, I love a good color record. Like, <laughs> like not everyone is into that. There are a lot of people that think it's, you know. Kind of cheesy or whatever. Cheesy, but also like possibly, you know, exploitative of consumers because they're trying to get them to buy variants. I don't buy variants. I buy one copy typically of a record that I want. Yeah, I just pick one and go with it. I'm like that blue one looks cool, and then I'm that's it. You know, um, I feel like the only person off the top of my head, or um, there's only a few artists off the top of my head I could think of where I would want multiple variants. Um, and it's Jimmy World's Futures is my favorite record. I managed to find a first pressing and mm. got that. It's in pretty good condition. Um, and I, there's, there are some color variants that they have out, um, like a, a blue one that I really would like. Um, but that the, the copy that I got was expensive enough. Like it's just, it's really hard to come by, uh, or at least it has been in the past. I'm sure they'll repress them soon. Um, and then like Taylor Swift has a lot of variations that I like. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the Taylor Swift stuff is like store specific, which is understandable, but yeah. As far as buying like multiple copies goes, I, I can understand from a collector's perspective if there's a color that has some special significance to the project. Like if there's a, I don't know how it works with Prince because I know Prince is like his own thing, even uh, posthumously mm-hmm. as far as releases go. But if they came out with like black vinyl and then they came out with a purple vinyl or yeah. something like that, I know people would be like snatching that up. They did do a purple vinyl. Uh, I can't remember if it was Target or Walmart. It might still be around. I haven't checked in a while. Um, but they did for Warren on purple mm. vinyl. And I was going to get it, but I just never got around to it. And then, you know, shit happens. You don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look there it up a, real quick. There was a Luke Cage uh, released by Mondo years ago that I uh, I purchased, but I gave to a friend because they were a bigger fan of the show than I was. And, mm-hmm. uh, I never even got a chance to crack the seal on it because at the time I didn't have a record player. I'm like, what am I going to do? Just decrease the value just to look at the thing and make sure it's in there. I believe it's in there. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know if that was a special color or anything like that, but it's Mondo. So I would imagine it was like yellow or something. Yeah. What was the, what was the record again? The Mondo? Uh, the Luke Cage season one yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Those Mondos can go for a lot of money too. And they, yeah, they sell for a lot of money. I mean, it, you know, and at first release, they cost a lot of dough. Yeah, they but do. But when it comes down to it, if, if you are someone who's like getting into collecting or something like that, I could see, buying the most recent pressing and then wanting to go back and get the original just to have yeah. the, uh, you know, the sentimental value of it all. Oh, that's pretty. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. I haven't picked it up yet, but I want to, that's one I've wanted to get. Target <laughs> has some really good exclusive pressings. Um, if you just search vinyl on their app, yeah, um, you can check it out. And sometimes around the end of the year, Black Friday, you will get, you know, some deals on that. You won't get that at record stores, but You'll get it from some online retailers. Yeah. I stocked so, up on quite a few things the end of last year. Like I got random stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 or Volume 1 soundtrack, whatever. Like, I, you know, things like that that I'm like, I, I'm not. It's not something I would have ever paid full price for. But mm -hmm. because it was on sale, I was like, oh, OK, cool. I mean, you get a lot of bang for your buck with that, though, because you get this like nice curated uh, musical experience by James Gunn, basically, when you buy that. Yeah. So I love soundtracks. Cool. When I was a kid, um, those were like my favorite CDs to get because yeah. it was just a collection of a bunch of great music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They did great stuff in the 90s with soundtrack CDs. And mm -hmm. I know we've we've spoken before about the amazing like Batman soundtracks that came out yeah. around that time and just how iconic those were. So, yeah, yeah. I totally feel you. One that I regret not getting was a pressing of, um, I mean, I found it was still, when I found it, it was still like 50. So it was more than the original retail. Cause I think the original retail was like $24, but mm. it was the Romeo and Juliet. Um, I was just about to mention that. Yes. Soundtrack. And it was, uh -huh. all, it was a blue and orange swirl. Wow. It was fucking beautiful. And I think it's like over a hundred now. <laughs> Last time I checked, I regret that was a good that. soundtrack too. Because yeah. what I was gonna say about it, like I think I got that soundtrack before I even saw the movie, just because I like so many songs on there. I also regret I found a, a cassette tape of the soundtrack once, and I didn't buy it. Yeah, and and that was stupid. I wish I did. Oh shit! Yeah, it had number one crush on there by Garbage. Yeah, <laughs> Love Fool, of course. I think that was like where that song debuted. Or at least where it became the most popular. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was. It was like that's where it got really popular. Yeah, there were only two thousand copies pressed of that Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a very speculative hobby, but it's fun because at the very least you get something you enjoy. Yeah, I that's do. the nice part about it versus other things. Like you you do get like an album you can listen to. Like, um, I was like you know, wanting to do this thing where I listen to full albums that, you know, people recommend to me. Mm -hmm. And so I was making this giant list from recommendations on Instagram and Kayla was kind of coming up with her ideas and she was talking about Tom Waits because Tom Waits is her favorite artist. Oh, really? Um, and I've never really gotten into Tom Waits like too much, but you know, she was saying like, Oh, we can actually, when we listen to these albums, because she's been collecting Tom Waits records. She's like, we yeah. can actually listen to the record on vinyl. And like, that's the way to experience it. So that's, you know, a cool thing to be able to. I have to a funny story about Tom Waits, actually. Oh, what's your funny story? The way I was exposed to Tom Waits was twofold. Oh. In, a, in a very, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Was it oh, the movie okay. Robots? Because same. Before that, bud, okay. it was Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit was he was his music in that i don't remember no he was in that he, he was, was um yeah so there was a point in the film where the team went to like a junkyard to go and like improve their costumes and their like armaments and all that stuff he was the guy he was the guy that helped them out oh it's been so long since i've seen that movie his yeah. one of his songs was in the movie robots the animated oh, really? <laughs> Movie Robots, and well, I, I remember, remember telling Ryan about that because Ryan was the first person I knew that liked Tom Waits, and like was he was playing Tom Waits, and I was like, "Why do you have this song from the movie Robots on?" 
And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is Tom Waits. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Because I was like 19 or whatever. And he's like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. Like, there's something about Tom Waits. Like, just, just him in general. When yeah. he shows up, it's like he's undeniable. It's the voice. It's the right. attitude. It's the swagger. D says that his voice makes her skin itch just because it sounds like he's graveling coffee grounds. That's how I feel too. Yeah. And nails and and whiskey, you know, but <laughs> yeah. there was, then this is the second, the second way I was introduced to him musically, which is interesting. Um, when I worked at a video store, when I was uh, in college, like mm-hmm. we would all bring our CD collections or whatever. And we just like, you know, keep swapping them out throughout the day. And they got the time to go home. We were closing up and uh, somebody was, you know, matching everybody's CDs with the cases. And apparently one of mine got swapped out. So mm-hmm. instead of um, putting, uh, again, ironically, the Batman and Robin soundtrack in that case, they put like the best of Tom Waits. And so I'm like, well, let me see if I can listen to this. And I never saw that coworker again. Because that's just the nature of like, you know, retail jobs. Sometimes you'll see right. somebody and then you'll never see them <laughs> after that And shift. then it's just done. Yeah. So I never saw that person again. And they're out there somewhere with my Batman and Robin soundtrack, which I repurchased or whatever. But um, yeah, I ended up with that Best of Tom Waits. And then I was just driving around and I was listening to it. I'm like, man, I either hate this or I really like it. And then I let Archie borrow it. And he had the same reaction. He's like, man, I don't know if I like this or not, but I keep listening to it. Like, oh, yeah, it's just addictive. So Yeah, that's that's a really interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah. Where you're just like, I don't know if I like this or I hate this, but I can't stop listening to it. There was um, a song that he did. And it's just, I think I like where, where his music takes you, um, mm-hmm. just in your imagination, because there's one where... Um, He's talking about this guy who was driving down a highway and got mm-hmm. some type of misadventure called Burma Shave. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a really moody track. I well, like that a lot. And that's what Kayla was saying. She's like, you have to be in a different mindset to listen to it. Like, you have to let your imagination work. You have to, like, be in that, you know, yeah. um, which I think is going to be very helpful as I go listen, you know, to know that it's like it's not passive listening. It's just kind of like daydream listening or you know vivid imagery listening kind of thing Mm -hmm. he's telling a story and you just kind of got to lean in and you got to know that this is some somebody who's very passionate about his uh his profession warts and all and you kind of just accept it and just let him lead you on this journey and it's fucking amazing yeah it really is so yeah yeah. i don't know if this man's alive or dead or what all i know is all i know is i really enjoyed where he took me during that that moment in time, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a ride. I can't wait to hear how you react to uh, to this to this experience. Yeah, he's alive. <laughs> no, trust me. Um, we would be in a if he was not alive, it would be I don't know Defcom one around here. Yeah, the mirrors would be covered. You'd be <laughs> sitting yes. in shiva. I don't even know if yeah, he's yeah, Jewish absolutely. Or not, I would but... not be recording this podcast right now. <laughs> No fucking way. No, no. You'd be consoling your loved one. That's that's quite all right. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, I would. You know, I would have to. Shout out Understandably. to Understandably. <laughs> Man, yeah. So yeah, that went on a very interesting uh we went on a very interesting uh, journey there as well. So Well, yeah, you know, we talk Simons. we're we're just talking about records every week now, guys. You're just gonna have to get in the groove. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, the name of our spinoff it. podcast ladies and gentlemen congratulate us as we go on this record collecting mission get in the groove with lex and matt that's right yeah <laughs> all right let's get into the episode yeah. what's going on this week what has happened i what don't know yeah i so, don't know i can't keep track of anything anymore <laughs> well um apparently you know, John Wick is happening. John Wick is it coming is. out um, this week, as a matter of fact. And uh, that was fast and, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they just started advertising this, but it's been in the works since the last one. And it feels like uh, both 
too soon and, and forever ago. So Alamo Draft House opened up recently in Chicago. Uh, Dee and I went there during our little hiatus a couple of weeks ago to see uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Is it? No, they didn't put her in this one. Oh, I mean, her name, rather. They didn't <laughs> put her name in the title. This, it was this Ant-Man Quantumania. Um, so we saw that there. Great experience. Love Alamo Draft House. They do good work there. Yeah. Um, but they're doing something very unique with the John Wick Chapter 4 screening. So, of course, one of the main reasons you haven't seen John Wick, the reason that you haven't started watching these films is because of a very specific moment that is highly publicized that happens in the first movie. Dog dies. The dog. We lose the dog, of course. And he's a cute dog, too. But when I tell you that this man's reaction was appropriate in response to what happened there, <laughs> believe me, you will. I, we left that theater satisfied after seeing the first one. Like, okay, all right, he did. He did right by that dog. Yeah. What's even more interesting is you never hear about this aspect too. Before that, in the movie, his wife passes away. <laughs> right, because isn't the whole premise that the the wife gave him the dog? And yeah. that's like, so it's not only his dog, but also the last thing he has from his wife. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So while it may seem like an overreaction or an appropriate no, reaction. That's compelling some, storytelling for an action movie, frankly. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. But it's not only that. It's the story that's told through Keanu Reeves' entire career as an action star or, you know, a, a an actor anyway. Um, because what he does is he'll hire different people from his past uh, people who played like his stunt double and stuff like that to fight mm -hmm. him on screen. And it's kind of like just a tip of the hat. Like, okay, thank you for making me look good. Let me return the favor for you now. And I like that a lot. That's really cool. And the action is fantastic, but I digress. This is not about how wonderful the John Wick series is, even though it is, you check it out. This is about what Alamo draft house is doing. And they're teaming up with one tail at a time to encourage people who come to the theater to adopt a dog. And so if you go to the, to the draft house on Saturday, the 25th in Wrigleyville, you'll be able to meet all these adorable rescue dogs in the lobby and then watch the movie. Is BMO getting a little brother or sister? <laughs> well, the, the Alamo uh, showings are sold out on that day. So mm. unfortunately they will not be able to, to tempt me, well, more like D specifically, because if she sees one of these dogs, her heart is going to melt. Yep. And we're going to be coming home with at least another dog. So no, no, they're not going to get me this time. But <laughs> they're going to get a lot of people. Um, yeah, this is a great idea, I think. Yeah, I... Sorry, my brother just texted me. Um, yeah, I... He had like a surgery today, so I just read that real quick. Uh, but yeah, uh, okay. So if you go to an event like that, mm -hmm. and you there's a dog there, yeah, a cute dog, you like it. How tempted are you on a scale of one to ten to actually take home the animal? <laughs> like, is that is that a genuine problem for you that you have to like avoid things like that? Because sometimes it, I do avoid things like that I because mean, I'm like I can't I can't do it because I'm gonna cry. It absolutely is a problem for me. Like, yeah. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when things were still normal, mm -hmm. they had a, a an event outside of my job, and there's a picture of me holding this cute little adolescent doggy, and me just like smiling from ear to ear and they have this like, you know, paper mache frame that they hold up in front of you. Like, you know, help me find a forever home and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they send you the picture and I'm like sitting there at work and I'm talking to D and I'm like, Hey, how would you feel if I bought another dog home today? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to my boss, like, look, if I go down and adopt that dog, can I just cut out of here early? Is that okay? Is that cool? <laughs> You know, like it was really in you, my you mind. You were ready. I was ready. Yeah. I was ready. But it didn't happen that day. <laughs> yeah, I, um, man, I, I, I want a pet so bad some days lately. Like I miss, I miss Sammy. I really do. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not in the position to, 
get another pet right now. Like it's, and that's fine. Like I'll, you know, have another pet eventually kind of situation. Um, and I don't want that responsibility right now either. You know, it's that kind of thing too, but I appreciate that level of maturity yeah. because a lot of people who aren't ready decide to take that step and they're not. And, you know, it works out sometimes, but you know, it's a, it's a burden. It really is monetarily and physically. Just, for so long, I, I took care of, you know, Sammy and then Charlie before that and everything. Like I, you mm -hmm. know, I've done that and I just need a break really. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fine. You know, you're doing the right thing by waiting until you're ready. So yeah. that's good. Um, and, you know, if we move and stuff, I just don't want to deal with it until after, you know. I get you. But when you do feel like you're in a good place, when you feel like you've got enough time that, you you know, you're financially ready for mm -hmm. that to happen, by all means. Yeah. Get you a putt. <laughs> Yeah, I, it might be cat too. Huh? It might be lower, <laughs> lower stakes, you know. Yeah, whatever's in your bandwidth. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely a cat person. I like dogs, but I do think I ultimately skew towards cat. Yeah, dogs like you. Bimo says such nice things about you. you know? <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> he is. He is. So yeah, that's going on. I think that's a wonderful idea, and that is I great. really like this charity, one tail at a time. Um. I also like the creativity of Alamo Drafthouse. This is a new theater, and they're already doing cool shit like this. Man, I I hope they are around for a long time. I hope they expand, actually, because right now, as it is, this location is a little bit smaller than the ones I've been to previously. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it, it works for them, though. It feels intimate. It feels like an old-fashioned theater run by people who just love movies, um, you know, and like getting paid. So I hope they continue to do yeah. that. Well, I th I think the draft house is actively trying to expand. That's why yeah. they're there now. And, you know, I think they're going to keep doing that in larger areas. For sure. So highly recommend the draft house. Great staff there. Great people. I didn't even sneak in snacks. I actually paid for food. So that's how, that's how good of a time I had. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through some old pictures and I saw like a, a, a snack uh, loadout that I had prepared to go to the show one night, D and I, and it was substantial. I had like a, a huge freezer Ziploc bag of popcorn, white cheddar, of course, you know, they don't sell that in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, I had some Doritos and another Ziploc. I had two cans of Coke, two <laughs> cans of, uh, <laughs> of Canfield's sparkling water at the time. You know, I was ready. Because, you know, fuck that. They don't even sell nachos anymore. Fuck them for that, man. Come on. How are you at theater? Yeah. You don't sell nachos, AMC. All right, this devolved into something. Man, that Let's was my go-to. When, when I would go to AMC, um, I would get, like, nachos. And then typically I'd get a Coke Icy. That'd be it. Those That'd be are, my go-to order. Those are good choices. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm usually not an icy guy. However, that Coke icy, it's hard to resist sometimes. You all right? Sorry, Chris. Once again, Chris. That's okay. <laughs> How's he doing? A, a, he's good. He's good. Good. He's like, earlier he texted me. He's like, I'm just controlling the bleeding or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. <laughs> he, it was not, it was not a, an intense surgery or anything like that. Like he's fine, but he had like a deviated septum. Oh, so he I had see. to get, so the he bubble. that surgery. The balloon. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, Oh God. And of course I was just mocking him the whole time. He texted me when he got out, he texted me and my dad and he was like, um, leave all this in. Cause everyone wants to know about this. Obviously <laughs> he texted me and my dad. He's like, I got out of surgery. Everything went well going home to rest. And I was like, nobody cares, Chris. Like, <laughs> like nobody cares. But anyway, Where moving on. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's quite um, all right. Transition to another movie situation. Okay. <laughs> Shazam two came out and it did not do well. Oh man, Shazam 2 came out and it's a difficult one for the fanboys to really like navigate mentally. Um, it's unfortunate too, because I really did enjoy the first Shazam movie. I thought it was I a, too. Uh, 
you know, it's fun. a gem of a film. And yeah. Zachary Levi is an okay guy. I think he did a good job in there. Um, of course, the big the big controversy around that first film was: Is Zachary Levi going to be able to get into shape in time to play Shazam? Is he going to have the right build for the character? Because you know, at that time, he's always fans, been tall. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know. I don't know how muscular he's been in the past. Obviously, in Chuck, he was kind of tall and thin. Right. But, like, I I didn't really doubt that one at all. No, but that was the go-to, you know, concern at the time. It was uh, Zachary Levi, of course. And Gal Gadot, is she going to be big enough to be Wonder Woman? And, yeah. you know, is Ben Affleck going to lose enough weight to play Batman? Or blah, 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 blah. All that shit. So... Zachary Levi did a fine job in that first movie. And uh, the second one, though, in between the first and the second, we had this other little movie that didn't do too well Mm -hmm. by the name of Black Adam, which, of course, is uh, Captain Marvel's main bad guy. And uh, there were some things that have been said about that. So according to the rap, um, a big chunk of why these two characters never interacted was because The Rock had some type of like uh, creative control, apparently. Yes. And Which said he, that yeah, continue. He exercised this control quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Said he didn't want Zach Levi in Black Adam at all, not even in a post credit scene, which Mm-mm. is why we got that odd uh, cameo from Henry Cavill for the last time ever. Yeah. And he said that he did not want Black Adam nor any of the characters from Black Adam to appear. And Shazam too. Yeah, which is weird and ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> um, I understand. And Zachary Levi confirmed this via reposting that rap um, article information. Yeah. So he reposted that on his Instagram. He's been pissed. Um, he's. I mean, it's a. It's a little bit laughable because he is kind of. He's he does not acknowledge that his shitty PR campaign before this probably affected the box office as well. Right. Um how he is kind of anti-vax um kind of yeah, he's he's just been he's been in the news and not for good things. He um, barely avoided getting called out for being anti-vax because his apologists which i think he kind of co-opted this explanation as well just to save some face his apologists tweeted out oh he didn't say he's actually anti-vax he's just anti big pharma so he's against these companies profiting off of the vaccine and that sort of thing so and of course you didn't yeah could be true that could could be be the case (laughs) it could be true but i don't think that's what he meant but it could be true And he also, at different times, has said that he admires the free thinking of one Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And uh, that is not a good guy by any stretch of the imagination. So He's very much a um, that type of guy right now. Like, he goes on podcasts and he's like, we have to listen to everyone. We have to, mm-hmm. you know, this person has good ideas and you can't just get rid of them just because of this, like this, this and that. I'm like, yeah, but some of the things that these people are presenting are very, very bad. Yeah. Um, it's not just a thing you disagree with. It's, you know, basic human rights. Exactly. Issues. So and guys like that, that, that try to take that contrarian stance yeah. in these situations. It always makes me feel like they have something that they've done in the recent past or, you know, an opinion that they've held uh, in the, in recently that they're concerned about getting out. So they're kind of trying to pad the reaction yeah. against people that have done worse than them. And they're poisoning the well in such a way that they don't understand that you're you're allowing people to accept much more of this negativity in their hearts and minds in order to, you know, hopefully save face for yourself down the line. No, and I and I agree. I also think that there are people, and this is what I personally think Zachary Levi is. Okay. It, yeah. It's just pure conjecture on my part, but I think there are some people who believe playing devil's advocate makes you an intellectual. Mm, yeah. And it does not. 
Like it is not a thing that makes you smarter. <laughs> right, right. Um, or even appear to be smarter. But I do think that there are some people who think being like on that other side or taking that other side even momentarily means that you are doing something scholarly or something better than everyone else. And that's not inherently true. Like that's that's a it could be. It really depends on the situation. But and when you're talking about people who are, you know, you know, let's let's take an example of someone who is being um transphobic. And yeah, they had one good idea one time about one thing. Mm-hmm. I that doesn't mean that you need to take their side in no. like some sort of argument and do this whole this whole runaround to defend them. That doesn't make you smarter. That doesn't make you better. That just means you're you're kind of an ass because you're defending an ass. You know? The condescension is is crazy when it comes to that. Yeah. Because you're you're sticking up for someone that you don't even believe in by playing devil's advocate. You're you're yeah. sticking up for a position or a person that you don't you know, given the the framing of the conversation, you claim you don't agree with them. Whereas yeah. there's a good chance that if you decide to pipe up and play devil's advocate against somebody fighting for what's right or saying something about uh, something they believe in, it, it, it it's almost as if you're scared to stick by your guns, stick to yeah. your guns. You don't want to, you don't want to actually go all the way out and say, this is what I believe in this situation. You're like, Oh, well, let's just for argument's sake, take it from this point of view. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? What is your true belief about yeah. this? Why are you introducing this into the conversation? If you don't even agree with this, if you don't even think that it's a possibility, why are you bringing it up? Yeah, and it's also it's it's one of the things too. It's like the devil doesn't need it need an advocate. No, you don't need enough. to be the devil's advocate. That why are you advocating for something like like literally w- within those terms? Like whether you're religious or not, that the idea of that is the you're advocating for evil for bad. Why are you doing that? <laughs> like that's so fucking weird. Yeah, and I do wonder if people even understand the etymology of the term "devil's advocate." Yeah. What are you, what are you trying to accomplish with this feat? Showing that, right. oh, you know, I, like you said, I'm an intellectual. I've looked at it from this point of view as well. Mm-hmm. Haven't you looked at it from this point of view? We'll see. Now that's where the condescension comes in because exactly. you're assuming that Precisely. I haven't thought about it either. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? Right, right. This is not to say you shouldn't have critical thinking. Of course you should, um, but that's internal work. You know, like if he goes, oh, Jordan Peterson, for example, has some good ideas, but he has a lot of this other shit. Maybe I shouldn't follow him. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like that's internal work. You don't need to go out there and advocate for him, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That seems unnecessary, personally. That that devil's got plenty of representation. There's no reason. He's He's doing okay. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, part of um, another part of the you know Zachary Levi speaking out other than the the whole thing with the rock which is really shitty like that's that's really shitty if it's even true because right if now it's true we know yeah. the rap is a the rap is usually a dependable source but even well, in their article they're saying sources are telling us they're not saying you know it's been verified or anything like okay. that. okay now Zachary Levi shared it on his he Instagram did. kind of he confirming did. it I would not be surprised if Zachary Levi is the source for that. Mm, yeah. I mean, it really does seem like he's acting real shitty about this. I'm sorry. He's mad. He's mad. And and like he's saying, you know, the advertising wasn't good. The marketing wasn't good for it. He tweeted that like, you know, uh, the biggest issue is we're having is marketing. This is a perfect family movie. Yet a lot of families aren't aware of that, which is a shame. I if if it is in fact the perfect family movie, I would agree marketing is not, you know, portraying that. I I have not gotten that vibe from the yeah. marketing. On what what's what's interesting to me as well is the director. Um he's he's being very vocal on Twitter as well. He's he's kind of the James Gunn type where he will refute rumors and stuff like that. Oh, he, he hasn't said anything about the whole, you know, business with the rock or anything mm-hmm. yet. 
uh, David F. Sandberg, who was the director, he's directed some horror stuff in the past too, I believe. Okay. Um, he said that it's not like this comes as a surprise. I saw where this was heading a long time ago. I'll be all right though. I got paid all my money up front. So I think he's just through. He's like, look, don't bother me about Shazam anymore. I don't care. All right. This is <laughs> Well, and then, you know, and one thing I will say, Zachary Levi has the right to be upset, just like all of the DC actors have the right to be upset, you know? Yeah. yeah. This has really been a thing that they've dedicated a lot of time. They've been contracted to do this. So like mm-hmm. as these movies have continuously failed or, you know, projects have not been picked up have not moved forward they they've kind of been screwed over and that you know that rumor that was going around that um you know the big three of you know uh gail gadot ben affleck and henry cavill were gonna sue warner brothers over that situation like i still stand by you know even if they didn't suit like they didn't follow through with it that makes sense to me Mm-hmm. Like, I know they have a lot of money. I know they're fine. But, like, the damage to their career, that makes – this was 10 years of their lives, pretty much. Yeah. I can't blame them for feeling the way they do. And I'd be – I'd feel the same fucking way. I'd be pissed. I mean, we have all this this vague subtweeting from Zack Snyder about, you know, his movies and his little pocket of the universe and everything like that. <laughs> and it riles up the fan base in such a he way. He did announce it, by the way. Oh, right. Yes. I, I yeah, saw. I sent it. What? Okay. So for those that don't know, he was teasing some big announcement and he had the guy that did the voice for Dark Side in his films, you know, uh, teasing the date and stuff like that. Apparently, it's just a film festival of the movies that he was responsible for, for Warner Brothers over the past 10 years. Three whole movies. Yeah. It's it's supposed to be some type of fundraiser event for charity. Um, But yeah, it it really just does seem really... uh, self-serving in the way it's being advertised like it's the second coming of god or something like that it's crazy like you've seen them we've all seen them we don't need to see them again you know they they weren't very good y'all they weren't on hbo max people on the dvds it's okay don't worry yeah whatever they can have it but my thing about the shazam film you know, even back when they first started advertising it, you and I were commenting about how it seems like it's getting such little exposure compared to The Flash. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. Isn't even coming out until June. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. And I, I understand being upset about it. Um, the fucking Flash movie is going to be shit, too. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. wait until they're done with this and just starting over. They well, really should still... just throw everything out. They should. Like, oh, yeah. I know people like. Aquaman and sure. people are excited about the flash and some <laughs> stuff is going to stay in else worlds. I'm like, no, just throw everything out. Like, or, or keep it as an else worlds. That's fine. Keep making Aquaman or whatever, but like, do not have this be a part of this new universe because it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The bat other than the Batman too. I want the Batman too. Yeah. But that's guaranteed. That's going to happen. They're even actually teasing on IMDb which isn't really a good metric to base a a rumor off of. Not anymore. um, He's already being credited. uh, Robert Pattinson is being credited to be in Batman three at this point, the Batman three. So, yeah, I think that, um, I think that Matt Reeves was talking about it being a trilogy. Yeah. Initially, they always do a fucking trilogy. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. Mm -hmm. Um, We're on the, uh, on the case of movies. We got some sad news too. Oh, but to close out the the Shazam thing, uh, man, Zach Levi is an asshole. I <laughs> I shouldn't say he's an asshole, but he he really got his feelings. It hurt. sucks, man. I really loved Chuck. <laughs> you know, I liked him in Maisel, but oh my that, god, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's this big fanboy. He is like <laughs> I said, if if the guys from the Big Bang Theory all had Captain Planet rings, this is their Captain Planet. He would be the mm-hmm. one. Because he's like the the Uber nerd. And he hosts these amazing parties apparently at San Diego Comic Con every year that all the all the big wig nerdy guys go to, the Chris Hardwicks mm-hmm. and your Kevin Smiths and all. And they love him. I guess he's an affable guy. But it seems like during the promotion of this, the mask has started to slip a little bit and he's just frustrated with where he is. He he wonders why the nerds won't love him. He blamed the performance of this on the Snyder cult as well. He said, yeah, you know, who knows how much that affected it, but it can't be ignored in that yeah. same tweet you were reading earlier. So, hmm, I don't know, man. 
I don't know where he goes next. I don't either. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on how how much this actually affects him because we've seen so many actors, especially white male actors, like come back from just about anything. So oh, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should go back to doing more comedies. Like just be funny. Just, yeah. just do the funny thing. That's what you should. He should be on a show like Chuck. Like that is his type of thing. You know? Right. right That's how right, I feel right. at least. I agree. All right. Enough Levi. Let's talk about somebody who who we unfortunately lost this past week. Uh, Lance Reddick has passed away. Uh, Lance Reddick, he was a, a kind-hearted man. He was a great talent. He's been in so many projects, it's impossible to name them all, from movies to TV shows to video games. He's been in pretty much everything. And every time he would show up in a project, you just knew it was going to be quality. You knew that at the very least you are going to get a good performance out of him. Um, I mean, wow, <laughs> this man, he was in the wire. He was in Oz. He was in fringe. Of course, he was in lost, lost. Yes. American horror story, uh, John wick. He's been in all those movies. He's been, uh, the, the person that runs the continental hotel in those films, um, mm-hmm. Bosch, you know, uh, of course I spoke about how much Dean, I love, um, horizon, uh, zero dawn and forbidden mm-hmm. west. He's in both of those games as well. I mean, oh, I forgot about that. It cannot be communicated just how much of a talented actor this man was. I mean, he's one of the few people that got the best of Eric Andre when he went on his show too. So, I think it's one of the and and if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't know who Lance Reddick is. Like, if you hear the name and you don't know it, look up Lance Reddick and you will see him. And you will instantly know who he is. He's mm-hmm. one of those actors who was like kind i don't know if he was classically trained but he came off as like a classically trained actor who was just constantly working he was constantly doing something and putting out stellar performances and you know he was too young um it's unfortunate that he passed away yeah um yeah absolutely it came out of nowhere too you know i don't i don't think he was sick or anything or he might have been one of those people that was just keeping it close to himself and didn't want it to get out there or something like that. But uh, yeah, he was, um, I believe, 67 years old. Oh, no, he was 60 years old. Is yeah, no, he was old? younger. Yeah, I was going to say he was only 60. Yeah. Which by today's standards is still young. You know, exactly. he should have still had at least another decade on him. Yeah. Yeah. So He also looked younger than that. Holy shit. Yeah. He, was, he looked good his whole he life. Did. He did. He stayed in shape and he just yeah. really took care of himself. But. Yeah, he's he's unfortunately gone, but his his work lives on, and we celebrate him today. Um, it's interesting you brought up like you know there are a lot of names you hear in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and you just can't associate the name with the face. There was a movie that came out in uh, twenty twelve called That Guy Who Was in That Thing. Do you remember that? Um, no. Okay. I don't well, think so. it was a it was basically just a movie. It was like a little uh, documentary about all these character actors that you see in all these projects and you know their face, but you'd never remember their name. Mm-hmm. So even now I can just like rattle off all the people from IMDb who are in here. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to know who these guys are because you need to see yeah. the face. You know, they're always that guy from that thing. You know, a lot of the guys from Sopranos are like that, too. But that's what that was like Judy Greer you know her whole memoir was like that it was like i'm the best friend (laughs) you know me because you've seen me in movies (laughs) it's basically the reaction tony hawk gets anytime he's in public somewhere like hey i know you well that's fucking weird i i i still don't understand how people don't know who tony hawk is but whatever (laughs) he's gotta he's gotta come up with some of those right like those are these all can't be it's gotta be come on (laughs) well i guess it also depends on the age of the person, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, if you These just see the, you see the guy on your kid's wall as they're growing up and you're like, oh, yeah, I recognize that face. Mm-hmm. You live in my house. Wait a minute. No, you don't. <laughs> Are you the hawk man? Yes. yes <laughs> the hawk guy. Is that you? Oh, man. Well, we have a lot of ground to cover here. <laughs> Let's talk about right. something you added to the to the to the list here. Uh 
Let's let's do an impromptu middle of the show wall of weird. All right. We're changing it up. Changing it up. I just I I just want to comment on this because I really feel like we've been slacking and by we I mean me um in the wall <laughs> of weird department. Yes. And we've just had so many unidentified objects in the news lately. Yeah. And I feel like it's just been very passed over. It's just like it's just normal now that we just have fucking unidentified objects all the time. Yeah. Um we had that one senator who was like saying, you know, kind of saying, "Hey, the American people, I think they're ready to know now." Ready. Whatever. Ready to know. And I'm like, eh, "What?" <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> what? First of um, all, no we're not. Secondly, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> So another story happened. Um, apparently Trudeau ordered a takedown of an unidentified object um, by U.S. fighters over northern Canada. And I just, th- there's not, I don't even need to read the story. I just am like, why are there so many UFO stories now? Do we think this is real? Because like, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds about it. One, I think maybe it's a distraction from all the other shit that's going on you know, politically okay, in the world. Yeah. And then two, I wondered just how much of this was under wraps until, you know, the last guy unraveled all of the safe holes that we had around this information saying, oh yeah, we don't need this department. We don't need this department. It was just some innocuous department, you know, that didn't really seem like they did anything. And he was like, oh, we're pulling their funding. And they were the ones holding all the secrets about all the UFO activity. And of mm. course, you know, we're talking about UFOs, but we'll even bring it back down to earth. <laughs> we'll talk about them in the traditional sense of the acronym, the unidentified flying object, uh, the initialism rather, unidentified flying objects. I'm not aliens or anything like that, but just random ass shit in the sky because it feels like the sky is controlled so well when it comes to. Uh, making sure that there's no aircrafts up there at the same time that are crashing into each other. It is it is policed very effectively where you don't hear about that happening that often. So yeah. when shit just shows up in the sky and it's just hovering there and we don't know the origin of it, right. that is a little freaky. Right, right. And, and like I understand that it could just be a, you know something from another country or whatever but mm-hmm. like I, I don't know that's just weird and that's also like if it is something from another country that's a huge fucking risk yeah i just feel like it's being it's a very like because so much is happening all the time mm-hmm. it's not even really a distraction like like it's just passed over we don't like it was it's it just it keeps happening and we're just kind of like okay i guess we have ufos now <laughs> Like, and the government's active, many governments are actively saying, yeah, we shot that down. Yeah, we shot this down. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're having, we're having um, congressional hearings right now about TikTok and there's UFOs flying around. UFOs. Come on, guys. What are you doing? Yeah. I I just, I wanted to bring it up because I... I just don't understand. I don't get Parents it. just don't understand, guys. You know? Well, I mean, at the very least, they're shooting them down. That's good, I guess. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm. Maybe that's a really bad, aggressive thing to do that we should mm, not be doing. Maybe we're going against, um, you know, normal instincts. Maybe our, maybe our instincts should not be to shoot shit down immediately, you know? Yeah. Okay, let's bring the aliens back into it now. If they have been watching us at all for the past 30 years and they think that they can come into our airspace without getting shot at or at least trash thrown at them, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Yeah. I mean, what are you you doing? Come from the other side. Go over over a nice country or something. Don't come over America. What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) That's true. (sighs) I think they're more scared of whales than us. If anything, they're like, yeah, those people, no big deal. But the whales, Jesus Christ. That's fair. So long and thanks for the fish. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect reference there. So (laughs) we lost a real one at Marvel Studios. We lost Victoria Alonzo. She was the executive producer on 
all of the Marvel titles ever since the first Avengers movie. And why do we feel like this is a big deal? Of course, you know, studios, they lose producers all the time. They, they, they rotate people in and out. The problem with losing Victoria is that she apparently, famously, at Marvel was one of the most vocal about the inclusion of LGBTQI plus representation on the screen and their films and their shows, all their projects. So there's no word yet why she left. There's no word who's uh, replacing her. Um, but that could be a blow for representation on screen in Marvel projects. Yeah. That sucks. But at the same time, I really feel like, and I mean, we're seeing it in the box office as well. Like that fan base is really dwindling. So they might need shakeups. They might need change. Yeah. Yeah. She was also, um, <laughs> she called out Disney in response to the don't say gay bill. She was one of those folks that called him to the carpet. She was also named uh, people in Espanol magazines, most influential Hispanic woman in 2019 and 2020. Yeah. She's, she's a big deal over there in Marvel, but she worked in, in silence mostly you know yeah <laughs> hopefully she'll be able to up. do more projects like this is this is going to be a i hope that the announcement is she's leaving for a better thing she yeah. got a bigger opportunity now if dc's DC gonna poach anybody if dc's gonna poach anybody they should poach her yeah you know because they they need some guidance over there regarding all that stuff so yeah, yeah. for sure we shall see. So more power to her. Uh, thank you for your service. All that good stuff. What an era we had in Marvel movies. Yeah. It really does feel like it's over to me. Yeah. I mean, we had a good run. But yeah, um, yeah it's just kind of getting a little burnout. Uh, I'm getting burnout. I won't say that the, the, the formula is tired or anything like that, because I know that's the go-to, you know, we, somebody made a, a post ironically on TikTok, um, just quoting all of the defeatist attitudes after every like bad superhero movie that came out or one that wasn't well received. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, if Spider-Man can't even break a billion dollars at the box office after Spider-Man three, <laughs> yeah. surely this is the end of an era. Then they show the picture of um, Jennifer Garner as Elektra. Well, yeah. it seems like after that lackluster daredevil film, if Elektra can't bring us back mm -hmm. to theaters, no one can. What other superheroes are there anyway? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there are going to be superhero movies or anything. Of course there are. Um, and there's still going to be exciting stuff. You know, I still think X-Men would be cool and everything, but it does feel like that era is over. Yeah. I mean, this technically would be the perfect time to just restart everything. It just like wipe the slate clean um, and just take a little break for a while and then come back strong with Fantastic Four, with X-Men, with Avengers. Yeah. But, you know, they want to get, they want to squeeze all the juice out of this of out, while they can. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We still got movies on the slate. They got to clean their plate. I'm excited for Spider-Man across What's the What's the next one? Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? All right. Um, apparently, California may ban Skittles. I don't know what that's about, but it seems like a clickbait headline. We're gonna click it anyway. It's it's all it's probably all red dye stuff. Yeah, because probably. people are actively like, you should not have red dye. Yeah, I will say right this. My dad, um, he used to eat like the Ferrara Fireballs a lot, mm -hmm. and then he got cancer. So I, he got colon cancer. So to me, I'm kind of like, eh, maybe ban that. I don't know. Maybe those are bad. Maybe that red is bad. We got to look into it. I mean, the food and the food industry is is big on you know just blocking that type of uh, research from going out yeah. to the public. But right. you know what? Your your instincts paid off because it is a, a, indeed red dye number three, mm -hmm. which contains titanium dioxide that they're talking about banning. Yeah, it's just something. I mean. We're also seeing, like, not to bring be a bummer real quick, but, like, we are seeing a rise in, like, colon cancer in younger people, too. So we kind of are going, why is this happening? Well, it's something 
relating to our food or environment or whatever. So to me, I'm like, if that's a thing that could be contributing to it, ban it, get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I've seen what it's like on the other side of dealing with this. It's not fucking worth it. The Skittles aren't worth it guys. Like it's, it's fine. They can find natural dyes and it won't look exactly the same. Maybe it will, whatever, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. who cares? Trust me. It's like, it is not worth it at all. Let's broaden this, this net a little bit. I'll even say it like this. I'll, I'll say it as you get older. There are going to be certain foods that you grew up absolutely loving that you're mm-hmm. going to have to give up for your own health. Yeah. For proven reasons, for specific reasons. It's going to be stuff that you couldn't even imagine living without, but you're going to have to learn to do it. Like, for instance, I know growing up, I would drink Sunny Delight all the time. Yeah. And the thing about Sunny Delight is when you drink it, your thirst is never quenched. <laughs> right. Never, ever, ever. You have to drink so much water to offset that sunny D. But when you're a kid, you're indestructible. You don't think about that. You get all your water out of the hose. You drink sunny D all the time. And somehow mm-hmm. your skin is not completely dried out because you're just going outside and sweating it all out of your pores anyway. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually you're going to get to a point where it's like, mm, Maybe not Sunny D. Sometimes it's not even Sunny D that clues you into that. It's after you take your first alcoholic beverage and it's hypnotic and you're like, oh no, that gave me a hangover. I should never drink that again. Is this a story about how you mix Sunny D and hypnotic again? Well, that sounds delicious, but no, unfortunately not. But I tell you what, um, you got to be real careful about them sweet liquors, man. You cannot live off of that shit. You know, the, the sooner you get to your your old grizzly age and just start drinking it straight with a little bit of ice, the better. That's just, you know, a little tip from me to you. I, I literally have decided I'm not going to drink unless I'm out. And when I'm out, I'm going to get like a fucking cider and that's it. And I'm going to drink half of it and that's done. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cider's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm with that. I'm that's with the that. extent of my drinking. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. We joke around about the lime Skittles and everything like that and how much we love yeah. them. And they bought them back, and it's a wonderful thing. I've had several. It's delicious. But but it's the flavor, man. It's the, it's flavor, the flavor that we want. It, it, yeah. it, the dye part doesn't ultimately matter. What matters is that we're not eating goddamn green apple. <laughs> that's what matters most. That's what, that's what we want everybody to take from this conversation tonight. You're is welcome. the fact that green apple's gone. Thank God. <laughs> Fuck green apple. Yeah. So were you a big um, Calvin and Hobbes kid growing up? Did I you ever was. Read? That was oh. the first comic I ever read. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know about the elusiveness of Calvin and Hobbes creator, Bill Watterson. Yeah. Yeah. He just dipped. He just dipped. And he's like, you know what? I don't need any money off of like branding or anything like that. And yeah, you can just, you know, I'll, you, you can keep the game. You can keep the game. I'm leaving. Goodbye. But apparently he's coming out of retirement, but not as an artist. He's going to be writing a novel. (laughs) He's going to be writing a book called, well, he's written a book, I should say. He's written a book called The Mysteries. Mm -hmm. Um, It's written by him and it contains illustrations by an artist, John Kasht. Um, It's going to be a darker tale. It's it's marketed as a fable for grownups. Uh, I imagine that this is going to be in high demand because, I mean, it's the first Bill Watterson work in quite some time. And, uh, yeah. you know, people grew up reading this stuff. They love the way his mind works. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested I, in myself. I love that he's making this. I don't necessarily know if I want to read anything dark from him. Mm. I will wait. And, you know, if enough people go, hey, you got to read this, of course, I'll read it. But, I don't know. I I just, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the kind of thing I want from him. And I'm Mm -hmm. usually not that way, but like, I don't know. I might just leave it at Calvin and Hobbes and be cool with that. Well, the good thing about it, I'm sure they're going to print an obscene number of these just based on his name alone. So it's not like it's going to be in short supply. Right, right. I can always revisit it later. Exactly. You can check it out on your local Hoopla app. (laughs) Yeah. Except my fucking (laughs) iPad is basically dead now i forgot to tell you about that did you we've been talking about hoopla too much because i encountered an error message the other night that got under my skin you know what it said it told me that too many people had been borrowing books through hoopla from my library and so they were done for the day 
It's all midnight. you guys. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man, so, my iPad won't won't update update anymore. So ooh, I gotta sell it. It's time. I'm, I'm just done. Suck that sucker in. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it had a good run. Yeah. All right. Well, lastly, Lex, do you remember the movie Dodgeball? Yes, I do. Okay. So in this film, for those that haven't seen it, there's a joke. Please because don't this... tell us the entire plot of Dodgeball right oh, now. Buckle I'm up. very tired. <laughs> We're going to have a Be Your Scary Best-esque retelling of the entire plot <laughs> of Dodgeball. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to Ash and Bradley. Um, so the point... <laughs> the point of the movie I want to focus on specifically is that the dodgeball championships are going to be televised, but of course not on ESPN, not on ESPN two, but all the way down to ESPN eight. That's right. ESPN, the Ocho. So this has been a running gag for years, you know? Um, But ESPN for the past couple of years has leaned into it. And for a week, they let ESPN2 become the Ocho, which mm-hmm. is all these sporting events that wouldn't normally make it to television. Oh, that's awesome. This stuff is off the rails. This stuff is incredible. Let me give you a small sampling of okay. the events that are uh, that are happening during the Ocho week. Okay. Now, this, of course, is the listing for the 2022 uh, airings that happened. And they, they re-air this stuff from time to time. And it looks like it happens in August. So when it comes around again, we'll let you guys know. We'll give you a heads up. This is something that caught my eye and led me down this rabbit hole in the first place. The Corgi races at the Emerald Downs. <laughs> they go Amazing. out to this racetrack and they just let these Corgis race. It is the most adorable thing. There's a championship cup and everything. There's a pup cup, Lex. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. They also have the Corona belt sander races where people turn their belt sanders into model cars and race them. That's, that is a thing. That is, that is certainly a choice that they have made. There's also the Noblesville bed races where competitors race through the streets, pushing a bed with their teammate on it. Will the bed, will the bed flip tune in to find out. There's the e-scooter championship, the electric scooter racing. That's decidedly less annoying than people leaving them all over your your lawn and sidewalk, of course. There's the Excel eSports all-star battle, which, what what the fuck? Okay, so this one apparently happens in Microsoft Excel. There's videos out of this. No, no, (laughs) no. What? (laughs) There's a paper airplane championship contest, and then... There's one that happens at ESPN Studios itself, the Slippery Stairs Contest. So you have to, you and a team have to ascend a set of stairs that are just slippery beyond belief. This sounds like a Japanese game show, which <laughs> are wonderful, by the way. But yeah, they, they go full ham on this stuff. So <laughs> I, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> How much of this did you watch? Or did you watch none of it? We watched, oh, there's axe throwing too. So we watched that. Oh, And then okay. we watched the Corgi sense. races. But that after that, we're like, okay, that's enough for now. That's enough of the Yojia. And of course, there's a world-class tag championship that happens in London. I've heard of this. Mm. I would not be good at it, but I'd play it. <laughs> I'm not fast. I've never been fast. I was not a fast kid. I was a slow kid. I was the last or second to last kid, you know? Well, I've seen clips of this too. It happens on an obstacle course. So if you're good at like dodging around, you know, and just kind of like swinging off of stuff and you'll be okay. Oh, I'm not, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You might assume that because I'm short, but I'm not. (laughs) So, yeah, if there's a sport that you're into that you feel like doesn't have an audience, there's still a chance, ladies and gentlemen. The Yocho might have a spot for your favorite competitive action. Send us your ideas for a competition that we can create that is just Lex and Matt related. The Excellent Adventure competition that we can get on the Yocho and make asses of ourselves. It's the 2023 Adventurers Cup Pickleball Competition. 
Not pickleball. What is pickleball? I, hate I don't know. Talk about it. I've never seen it. I don't it. know. I don't know. And at this point, I'm afraid to ask. Cornhole. If you can throw a bag into a hole, you can play cornhole. Adventure style. I'm not good at cornhole. I'm not good at saying cornhole without laughing. This is actually a record for me. Oh, my God. All right. That's enough. That's, that's enough. enough. <laughs> Folks, we appreciate you sticking by us. We appreciate you listening. We thank you for telling your friends about the show because, you know, we really. Oh, and we appreciate you playing us in your car when you have people in. So they're like, what is this garbage? <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is don't worry about it. And you just turn the channel. But we appreciate you trying anyway. If you'd like to support us, check us out at Lex and Matt across the board. Go to patreon.com slash Lex, Mex and Lat. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mex and Lat is back. Mex and Lat's gym where we sell burritos as well. That's Bizarro version of us. Yeah. Yeah. I have a mustache in that universe. That's it. No I'm tall. You're Just short. <laughs> But we're still somehow both dating women. So there you go. Well, uh, you can't change everything. Can't change Why would that. you? That's right. All right. Um, yes. So all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash Alex and Matt to get access to our wonderful Discord server where we have the exclusive vinyl channel where if you like the conversation we're having at the beginning of the show, we basically do that seven days a week in the vinyl channel. That's right. Incredibly active vinyl channel. It's awesome. A lot, of, a lot of good people there. I can vouch for those folks. Good people. And before we go, a big fuck you to UPS for losing my uh, turntable. And uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. And Matt, also, you never know, that could show up later and you could get two turntables out of it. Think big. You don't know. Okay. Bye. <laughs>